Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Med- Medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Concussion Talk Podcast. I'm Nick Mercer. This is episode 64. I'll be talking to Jenny Diamond and Gaddy Kaplan, two occupational therapists in Toronto, to discuss concussion brain injury and occupational therapy concussion talk podcast is presented by head check health head check health bridges the gaps in concussion care through simple powerful technology join organizations like the canadian football league track factory racing the canadian junior hockey league eastern washington university and volleyball canada who rely on head check health to improve communication and optimize care Visit com for more. Two OTs from the Neurology Neurology Center, Neurological Center of Toronto? Neurology Center. Neurology Center of Toronto. Neurology. Jenny and Gabby. And uh guys just give me a background on your sign yourselves and uh and uh while you're at it, a bit of background on why you chose OT over other real type sciences. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is Jenny talking. Um, so, so myself and Gabby, we both work at the Neurology Center of Toronto as occupational therapists. Um, I chose occupational therapy because uh, I was always really interested in neurology and uh, rehabilitation. And I also really liked physiotherapy too, but I liked with occupational therapy um, how there wasn't much of like a ceiling effect in terms of what you can do with your patients. And um, I like that it really encompassed both the physical and cognitive aspects of recovery in different populations. So that I think is what really ended up drawing me to, to occupational therapy specifically. Nice. Yeah. So, I, yeah, so I'm Gabby. Um, I'm also an occupational therapist at the Neurology Center of Toronto with Jenny um, and I mean, there's so many reasons why I chose occupational therapy. It's such a good, diverse and holistic profession. Um, I guess it started for me a bunch of years ago when my dad was in a really bad accident um, and he was in hospital and in rehab hospitals. And that's really where I got my first exposure to seeing um, first hands on, you know, what occupational therapists and other rehab professionals can do. Um, And the reason I was drawn to occupational therapy was, again, because of how I saw how um, like diverse and how their role really, I felt like they could just do about anything. 
And the physiotherapist obviously was able to help him get walking again, but the OT was able to help him do all of his other needs and all of his other everyday activities, which we'll probably get into a little bit more when we explain more about what OT is. That's what, that was going to be my next question, actually. This is a good, uh, good thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so for those, I mean, the physiotherapy is pretty obvious. And I, I mean, I know all of it because I unfortunately went through it, but uh, not unfortunately because I'm mean, sure you guys are. Everyone, everyone was here was great, too. But uh, and so, but uh, for people who don't, may not know occupational therapy as well as the physio or even speech language are both pretty self-explanatory. But uh, occupational therapy is not just about your job. What's about what's... What does it entail? Who wants to answer? Or do you both want to chip in? Gabby, looks sure. like you've been <laughs> Sure. So, um, yeah, so that's obviously one of the challenges that we go through every day, people not really understanding what our profession is, um, and that's completely okay. Um, so, like you said, occupational therapy is not just about getting a job. Um, while that is one of the factors that, uh, we do cover, and Jenny specifically covers because she works with the adult population. It's just one of the small facets of what we do. Um, so really, if you think about the word occupation as activity or anything that you do in your day that's either important or meaningful to you, um, whether that's you know eating, getting dressed, playing a sport, really anything that you do is considered an occupation. Um, so if you think about it like that, we are really people that are just helping you get back to any of those meaningful activities and important activities that you do um, in your day. So maybe you had an accident or maybe you were um, born a diff like in with a certain disability or whatever it is, we really are just helping you um try and complete and perform and participate in those activities to the best that you possibly can. And I don't Jane, know if that really, yeah, Jenny, my what question was Jane, do you want to pitch in? I think that was a great answer that, yeah. So, so really that word occupation, like Gabby said, it really, it really means any of those daily things that are important to you in your life. And, um, you know, other examples might be, you know, if, if you're a mom or you're a dad mm -hmm. and you have kids or, you're a caregiver. These are all occupations and things that might become really challenging to you if you do have some kind of injury or illness um, or have even been born with an injury or illness. Um, and so yeah. exactly as, as Gabby mentioned, and I'll, I guess is now a good time to transition this to what that looks like in the context of our work? Go for it. Okay. Yes, it's a great time. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, um, so yeah, so in the context of concussion, so Gabby and myself work with concussion patients at the Neurology Center of Toronto. And so what that looks like is helping these patients get back to their occupations, which often are school, work, um, things they like to do for fun, um, exercise, sports, reading, it, it, the, the list goes on and on depending on the person and their interests. Um, and so it's a, it's a really awesome role for us because we, we really just get to help people get back to doing what they love and what's important to them. And, uh, Gary, do you have anything to add? And I was going to ask you, ask you before I answer, do you add that? Sure. So I guess just the only difference between mine and Jenny's role, in case anyone was wondering, um, was that Jenny works with the adult population. So oh, anyone that's over 18, 
Um, and then I'm working with the pediatric population. So anyone from seven to 17. Um, so our roles are very, very similar. So who does, uh, someone, just, under, who does someone under seven see? So um, that's a really good question. Um, so I'm actually willing to see anyone that's under seven. Okay. Um, just as of now, um, that's what my practice looks like. But okay. we okay. just, yeah. It's but, like um, there's no like infant or a young no. child equation therapy aspect as of now no there isn't but um we're we're growing so who knows okay no but that means there's no other professional designation oh no so actually our our designations are the exact same so we went yeah. to our master's program and came out of it the, the with the same license um we just have different uh preferences and specialties based on what we're interested in so right. that's why i'm with pediatrics and jenny's with adults and that actually does a good segue again to my next question so why did you as of all the uh if you said diverse aspects of ot did you choose concussion to focus on gabby you want to take this one <laughs> Sorry, i have to say name <laughs> next time i just open these open but i should say name sure um, so I find that, um, let me, let me think about this a little more. Jenny, oh, do you have something off the top Jenny, of your head? Jenny, why did head? you per right, personally choose, choose it? Like not, yeah. not why you think which question is so interesting, oh. but why did you pick mm -hmm. yourself? So for me, I mean, I don't have any personal history of concussion, um, up to this point in my life. I've, I've known many people who have, um, but for me, you know, I started exploring concussion and, and the more I learned about it, the more interesting I thought it was and um, what I really love about working with patients who've had concussions is the amount of potential to see improvements and um, really just the nature of concussion is you do get better over time and often with that you you may require certain needs or supports or um, additional resources and, and not everyone just you know gets better in a number of weeks of course we know that because we tend to work with the people who um, do take a little longer uh, to recover, but um, really you do see people get better and, and that is super, super rewarding. Um, and with that also, so so Gabby and I have been working in concussion. Um, the clinic itself that we work at has been around for a few years. So uh, as we are transitioning into this role over the last couple of years, um, so much of the research has changed and so much of the research now has um, just gotten a lot stronger too in terms of this active rehab approach to recovery where you can get better over time. There are things you should be doing um, and we're finding there's now more and more to support that and um, learning about that for me over the past several years just drew me more and more into the the area of concussion and drew and increased my interest in it. And Gabby, are you similar? Yes. Yeah, exactly. So also just to add on that, um, with concussion, there's just so many areas that you can explore um, with your clients. Obviously, with any illness or anything, um, every client that you uh, work with is completely unique and different. But with concussion, I find even more so because it's a brain injury and your brain has so many different areas that control so many different things. So um, whether that's 
um, you're working on sleep, whether you're working on your emotions, whether you're working on physical issues, um, the list goes on. And so it's every day is something new. And what that can be maybe a little bit more challenging, but it's also interesting to explore all the different areas um, that people might be experiencing difficulties with. Uh, yeah, I remember when I first had my brain injury, I was really getting very frustrated with my with OT and well, and physio for that matter. But I, yeah. I knew I figured the physio I would get better. Like once I could learn to walk, and I knew the understood my muscles and stuff, my body better than my my uh, emotions in terms of just you know getting. And now my emotions are fine, but like getting because it's a combination. OT it seems they more of a combination of I got to you got to deal with my frustrations that I can't do X or having difficulty doing doing X or doing Y, and uh, it's not my headset off. But um, yeah. So you guys, you find that that I hope I was clear there because my microphone is leaving. But um, you find it difficult to not difficult. It's just part of the challenge, like the. the with people's emotions when they're dealing with other challenges, like if they having trouble doing laundry, for example, and they're getting they're getting angry and angry at you, for example. So that's something that probably going to be a noticeable challenge to for you. That's, that's. Yeah. So we definitely see a lot of uh, difficulties in our patients with emotional regulation, or um, even just you know having increased anxiety, depression, um, other mood symptoms, irritability is another one, and um, you know a lot of those are are to be expected. And, and we always say you know it's sort of twofold. I mean, on the one hand, that's said and known to be a symptom of concussion, right? Those mood changes and mood symptoms. Yeah. And on the other hand, it's also, you know, a symptom secondary to um, not being able to participate in those life roles that yeah. are so important to you, right? You can't work anymore. You can't um, do these activities that once were so exciting and fun and, and part of your life. So um, that's, that's what I find very difficult. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Less now, but. But that was a big thing for you. Yeah. In yeah. Recovery. Yeah. So, so I guess to answer your question, I mean, I, I definitely don't find it difficult um, in terms of like my own uh, ability to manage that. Um, but it's, it's for sure very prevalent. And I think, you know, Gabby and I both try and approach it from like, you know, a, a really good level of understanding um, and, and just trying to really empathize with the patient and, and their experiences and then, you know, seeing um, what we can do to support them. Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And uh, oh yeah, I was gonna say um, and like in the girl clinic in Toronto, it's it's on. It's right the Eggleston. My sister lived in Eggleston, Toronto, for a while, so I know Eggleston. Uh, east, she left east of Young, um, but mm-hmm. you guys are west, right? We're just yeah, just west of Young. Okay, uh, cool. So who do you so what who do you see coming to your coming to your clinic? What kind of I know obviously concussions, but what kind of activities are they more generally generally resulting from? So it's yeah, it's really interesting. Um, you would expect it to be a lot, or maybe not you would, but a lot of people expect it to be a lot of sports injuries um that's sort of in the newspaper and the media what people expect to hear concussions resulting from but um at least for me and and gabby i'll pass it over to you for your patients but for my patients it's a lot of people who um accidentally slammed the trunk of their car on their head and sustained it my mom's always doing that and sustained a concussion from it or did she uh, Uh, well not that nothing nothing no i don't think so Right. But but you're right. And it happens all the time. And people, you know, like not realizing there's a wall behind their head and accidentally sitting back really with a lot of impact and then slamming the back of their head on a wall or um, a ceiling that's too low. So I get a lot, a lot of those type of injuries. I was actually Um, just, I don't know, my uh, last, most recent uh, interviewees, podcastees, whatever they call them, um, was a Charlie Charlie Skinner from from UK from London, and uh, she did that. She slammed her head against the back of a back wall. Or got herself a bad brain injury, or yeah, no. so that or is it her? Someone anyway, someone did that. Don't want to... Yeah, you hear of those all the time, right? Those those fluky sort of injuries. We at NCT we call it, and NCT is the short form for Neurology Center of Toronto. So okay. at at the clinic at NCT we call it um, headspace awareness. Okay. <laughs> so pe- these people who have a lack of that headspace awareness, and you know, it's it's all of us. It's me. It's you. It's everyone. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. some people just get luckier or unluckier than others, and yeah. So, so I would say that plus for me also a lot of motor vehicle accident um, individuals who were in motor vehicle accidents and sustained a concussion following that. Okay, and and Gavi, is it? What you mean? Yeah. Because you're dealing with mostly under your population is under under seventeen or under we'd say more under ten or. Would you say more? Um, 
Or about it, yeah, it ranges. It ranges. Um, but yeah, just like Jenny said, um, it's not always sport related. And, you know, there's some people lately with the, well, not, I guess not now, but in the past couple months, a lot of slipping on ice, a lot of um, just accidental injuries that um, are really challenging for those patients to deal with because they feel as though, you know, why did this happen to me? And it's not like I was going out and I was doing a sport or I was in a car. Um, so those ones are really hard to deal with. Uh, for the patient themselves, for sure. Um, but yeah, just like Jenny said, you know, it's a whole gamut and range of different things that can cause a concussion. And not even just a hit to the head, it could be a hit to the body or a hit to the neck. Um, something like that can also cause a concussion. And it's just really hard for people to deal with and accept. Okay, I guess we'll start with the patterns and start with Jenny. So, uh, if someone comes in with a concussion, uh, not a suspected concussion, but they have like obviously a concussion, what do you find they're generally, generally not, not to not to generalize people, but I mean like that are the main the main areas of challenge that you see. So what are the what are the biggest challenges that I yeah, see? Yeah, yeah, that's very mm -hmm. better. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I mean, so what comes to mind immediately is, um, for me, it's always the biggest challenge when I'm working with a patient who um, we can't find, you know, some kind of solution or treatment or education that helps them and, and helps them get better. Um, and I think, you know, majority of the time, there's always some sort of missing piece, whether it's even just, you know, nutrition, hydration, um, stress management, or it's, you know, as significant as sleep hygiene, energy conservation strategies, return to work planning. Um, so there's all different types of interventions that can and, and do help individuals recovering from concussion. Um, for me, what I find the most challenging is when I do have a patient where we, you know, we've tried every single thing and, you know, we've altered their rest breaks, we've altered their scheduling, we've changed their activities and their inputs and their stimuli and they still aren't getting better and they're still struggling significantly with symptoms and um for me that's that's always the biggest challenge is you know what next right okay and gabby big, yeah, big so, challenge you find so kids. similar to jenny um i definitely agree with everything she was saying and um, the added thing i can say is working with the pediatric population you also have to take into account the parents and the family dynamic. Um, so that can be quite challenging to navigate for sure because sometimes the child has completely different goals than the parent does. Um, a big example of that is parents are always promoting, you know, they need to do this much homework, go, they're feeling, they need to get back yeah. to this activity. Um, those are just some examples. And quite often kids are uh, not homework is not their top priority, you know, <laughs> no. um, really? with their friends is so that can be definitely quite challenging figuring out, you know, a happy medium so that your client, which is your child, but also the parents are both happy and content with the situation um, and your rehab goals. Um, so yeah, that would probably be my biggest challenge. And do you have any, so Jenny, do you have any examples of, is there a certain activity that you are, is, uh, for most people, they have challenges with a certain 
like life activity that or at home say let's say at home activities everyone will have those so using the bathroom or doing laundry or whatever like what do they mm -hmm. what do you find the most the most challenging or the, the best story yeah yeah so from my so the question was which activity is the most challenging yeah. for for my concussion patients that i've observed um so there's yeah I find with my patients that I've worked with, um, screen time, like computer screen time, is the biggest challenge for these individuals. And, you know, we talk about different activities and how much energy they use up. And um, I think, you know, working on a computer is one of the most challenging things, especially if it's for work or school purposes and not just for leisure, um, because there's such a big cognitive demand and there's a big visual demand as well. And we know that both systems are often um, compromised or needing time to recover after you've had a mild traumatic brain injury after a concussion. Um, so because the computer use it, you need both of those systems to operate a computer and, and um, take in that feedback and information. I think, you know, that probably contributes to it. And um, often I'm spending a lot of a lot of sessions with patients and a lot of time um, working out schedules and strategies to help make them. I was going to say, so what do, you, what do you do to help them? What mm -hmm. would you do? What would you do? So I'm saying, I have a computer, I'm trying to do like a project at school or something at a university, and that again, this computer drives me nuts. What would you say? So there's a lot of different things you can do, and it's a it's really a balance between um, retraining your brain to tolerate the activity and and tolerate that um, screen and exposure, and then it's also you know what can you do to compensate or um, make it a little easier for them. So what that actually looks like is for the retraining, you know, it's scheduling in appropriate amounts of time spent on the computer where you're taking rest breaks when you need them or maybe even before you even realize or feel like you need right. them. Um, so taking those frequently and at a schedule that makes sense based on where you're at in your recovery and your tolerance levels. Um, and then also different things that you can do for the computer to make it a little easier to look at. So um, can you change the color spectrum or the blue light? Um, can you increase maybe the font size or get rid of different sort of pop-ups that come up on a web page so that it's just the text you're seeing. Um, there's a lot of different computer programs out there, a lot of which are actually even like free or easily available in, in free trials um, that can help make it a little bit easier. Um, and then it, I guess there's really a third area, which is the vision piece, um, which is, you know, if they are also having vision issues specifically with either like tracking or scanning or other different ocular eye movements um retraining those may also contribute to uh in improved tolerance for screen time okay actually just a personal question now i had double, double vision but let's see uh, i don't know if we can't ignore that we have to for this question but uh, when i was first injured i just read a lot, read a lot of books like paper books but now i read a lot of, now i read a lot of uh ebooks just because it's Easier to get, easy to get them, but uh, I don't find any real difference in my brain activity when I'm doing not doing necessary activity, but my strain on my brain to, when I'm doing that. But is there a correlation between screen time and say reading paper or magazines or reading paper? 
Mm-hmm. So the question is like, is there is there a difference between reading on paper versus reading or yeah. reading something on the computer? So from what we know, um, reading something on paper is easier on your eyes than reading something on a computer screen. Um, and so some some people notice a difference and some people don't. Um, I would say most of the patients I work with do notice a significant difference. It's, it's a lot more challenging for them to read something on a computer screen than on a piece of paper. Um, but if you don't notice a difference, I mean, that's probably a good thing in terms of your recovery. And, you know, unless unless it's making your symptoms worse, um, you probably don't have to worry too much about that then. And, and if it is making your symptoms worse, then, um, you know, maybe you, you want to look a little more into that and just put in some of those rest breaks, even if you're not maybe as aware of it during the time. Um, but I would say there definitely is a difference. Gabby, what would you say about that? Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, just based on um, reading like research and anecdotally from patients, a lot of them do find that reading things online um, or sorry, on their computer is a little bit more challenging for them um, because of all of the other areas of the brain that requires um, that energy. But again, just like you both said, um, everyone's like very unique and different and so it just depends on the person. So, uh, so Gabby, so for you, aside from say a reading or, or aside from, you know, I guess, well, on any online screen, any screen time, what is the most challenging thing for newly concussed pediatric clients? Right. So, what do you think? Um, for sure, again, like one of the biggest goals is typically returning to school. Um, and at school, kind of like a screen, it has so many different areas of the brain that are required to be working. Um, there is socializing, there is listening, there is reading, there is um, problem solving. The list can like can go on and on. Um, so for sure, coming up with a plan for the patient to get back to school um, is probably I wouldn't say it's actually one of the most challenging, but it's probably one of the most predominant or primary you know, common, um, yeah. tools that I work on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. um, and uh, I guess for, for, for both of you, now, like, I know like frustrations of, of course, that guy goes, that causes experience frustrations of not being able to do, like anybody, not being able to do what I used to do. But uh, do you find there are a lot of frustrations of, say, I guess, common, common between both of you is at home, Frustrations for at-home stuff, they, they can no longer do or do well. So I guess to start with, uh, start with Gabby, I'll mix it up this time. Gabby, uh, is at home, so kids, now they're not doing the whole laundry for the most part, somewhere I'm sure, but you know, yeah. most part it's not. But uh, uh, do you, what do you find is the biggest challenge they have frustration, for frustration that kids have at home? Not necessarily a challenge, but are they most irritated by I would say probably um, pressure that they feel from their parents. Um, I think that a lot of my clients, because of their age, maybe aren't as articulate articulate at explaining, you know, what's going on inside and how they're feeling. Um, So parents and peers and siblings don't really understand what's going on. And some people... Um, when they look at the clients, they'll say, oh, you know, they're fine. 
they just sat with me for half an hour and we ate dinner and they were totally fine. Yeah. But then after that meal, they had to go and they had to rest and they couldn't get out of bed, let's say. So the issue is that a lot of parents and peers and friends are seeing them at when they're optimally and have the most energy, let's say, and they think they're fine. And then it's a huge challenge for a lot of my clients because they feel that they're not heard. And it, it's just, yeah, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest issues. Um, sorry, now I'm just like trying to remember what the question was. But the question just, was yeah. frustration, frustrations. But, uh... exactly. exactly. So they just feel very frustrated that no one really understands what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, I was going to say, because that's a, sorry, go ahead there. Don't cut I was going to say, this is this whole, um, like, invisible injury type of situation where it, people feel, you know, it, it would be easier if I just broke my leg and everyone could see me wearing yeah. this cast, um, as opposed to a brain injury where it's hard because you look at the person and a lot of the times, you know, they look like they're doing okay, but really inside, they're not. Yeah, no, I've, I've found actually... First age from the act, because what you're saying, the, then your student friends and family see a, a patient or a client as a indoctrinable time when they've rested and done all the work that you guys, you guys do prepare for them. They, they rest and they, and they eat well and they do stuff. So then when they see their friends or family, they're fine, but then they got to, they have to rest. And I found that, that'd be very frustrating that I would do all the work just prepared to, when this is really on now, now, now it's different, but it's been away from mind you for 17 years, but, uh, yeah, yeah, but I found, I found that'd be, that'd be very aggravating as well. And then, uh, as again, like the same thing, like when I was virtually injured, I was in a wheelchair for the first, first, you know, six months, no, eight months or whatever. And, uh, for six months, it's in a wheelchair. So it was very obvious that, it, that I was uh, having, having trouble. But, uh, then when I got out of the wheelchair, I hated using the walker. I hated Using I, I couldn't I couldn't use a cane because my left left hand right hand coordination was a bit was not a bit very off, and uh, so I when I started walking alone like, oh, without any support, that was big for me. But it was also very frustrating because people would see him wouldn't understand that you actually had a like what was wrong with you? I thought you were drunk or you broke your mm-hmm. leg. I told the kid I broke. I had a leg broken for years. I feel bad right. about it now. But uh, so yeah, so Jenny, your frustrations. At your frustration, you find clients, what do you find, do you find their biggest frustrations are when they're at home, like laundry, mm-hmm. cooking or whatever? I think, um, I guess I'll speak to even the situation right now uh, with the pandemic and everyone okay. being at home. Um, what I'm noticing right now, because I'm still seeing patients virtually, so um, Gabby and I are fortunate, we, can, we do a lot of yeah. actually virtual sessions um, even before the pandemic started because we see people not just in Toronto but um, anywhere in Ontario and they can uh, do a video appointment with us or a phone call so it's it's on your OHIP um, so it's not OHIP so patients pay either through private insurance or benefits or they pay otherwise out of pocket Um, but just as an occupational therapist you can provide virtual or phone call sessions if it's appropriate based on the kind of treatment you're delivering and because so much of the concussion rehab that we do is more education based it's a lot of conversing and so we can do that over video or the phone it doesn't necessarily have to be in person 
Um, so on that note, so we're continuing to, to see patients now. And so what I'm noticing in my patients who are home um, is, so it's interesting for some of them who maybe live with, you know, just a partner or on their own, they're actually finding it a lot easier because they don't have to deal with the, um, all the stimuli of being in an office environment. Yeah. Um, oh, for the ones who are back at work or part-time working. Um, so so for p- my patients who are transitioning through those return to work plans or are back to work in the office, um, they're finding it a little easier even on their symptoms. But then I have the patients who are home and they're home with families, they're home with kids, they're home with um, full busy houses. And now all of a sudden, you know, things are way crazier for them. They have way more to manage. Um, maybe, you know, they had help previously with cleaning or, and now they're, you know, person can't come in and clean. So now they have to add that onto their list of weekly responsibilities, right. which for someone recovering from a concussion can be severely, severely draining. Um, yeah. and they have, you know, maybe screaming kids in the background, or they have to also coach the kids through school or et cetera. So I, I'd say, you know, in, in the context of right now, that would be the biggest challenge that I'm hearing from my concussion patients. Okay, but otherwise, say two months ago, would you would mostly be laundry or dishes or food making food or? Yeah, so it's oh, it's so person dependent. I've I've yeah, seen people with all of those different issues. I've seen ones who have none of them or one of them. Um, I say the thing that comes up the most across the board is sort of similar to Gabby's and her example with pediatrics, but um, for me with my adult population would be also those relationships. Um, So people who don't quite understand or, you know, kids, maybe they have kids or partners who don't quite get it and and maybe they're supportive or maybe they're not, um, but the challenges at home and also even just the pressure that a lot of these individuals put on themselves to feel like they have to um, step up or measure up or, or, you know, live up to a certain expectation that either they have or their partners or families have for them um, would be one of their biggest challenges. Okay. That makes sense. And uh, I guess I'll go to Gabby now and just ask you, both finally, let's start with Gabby. Um, Neurology Center of Toronto, just talk about that a bit and about telehealth that you're doing. That you guys are, have been doing for before this pandemic and and during. So, what is the Neurology Center of Toronto (NCT), and and where is it? And blah blah, blah stuff, fun stuff. What do we need? What do we need to know about? Okay, so the Neurology Center of Toronto is a clinic. Uh, like you were saying, it's at Eglinton and Avenue, and it. There are a bunch of neurologists there. There is, we're a big multidisciplinary team. So we have some nurses, physiotherapists, um, some CBT therapists. Jenny, I'm trying to see. I don't want to miss anyone out. I think you you got it all. We have a physician assistant. Um, yeah, we. So Gabby mentioned the CBT therapists or psychotherapists. And it's really we have we have the sort of medical team which can be covered through OHIP appointments. So if you see the neurologist, the nurse, um, there's multiple nurses, we have nurse practitioners, we have physician assistants, they're all part of that neurology visit, which patients can get covered through their OHIP, through their um, Ontario 
medical insurance or, or, or card um, for anyone listening who's not from Ontario or Canada. Um, and then to see allied health, which would be um, myself or Gabby as the occupational therapist, um, to see our physiotherapist or to see one of our psychotherapists um, who does like the CBT therapy and other mindfulness and other um, mental health support, those appointments are then not covered through OHIP and those are through either private insurance or paying as a fee out of pocket for those. And then we have a whole administrative team as well who is very important and crucial to our success and keeping things going smoothly. And uh, actually, Joint ZUT did a podcast with uh, Lauren Zayach, she's a physiotherapist in Utah. And she was uh, she did one CBT and EMDR. Do you guys know EMDR? EMDR therapy? That's eye movement something, eye movement. EM stands for eye movement, but I'm not sure DR stands for. Oh, yeah, I have heard of it. Um, I don't know anyone personally that's done it. I've never seen it in action, but I have heard of it. Okay. And well, I guess now it does the telehealth. Telehealth at uh, NCT and during uh, now, like, how long have you, you guys been doing it? And, uh, is, and how do you find it now? So I've been, so this is Jenny. I've been at the clinic now for uh, almost three years. Um, and then Gabby was actually my OT student last year. Um, oh. And she has since joined full-time, or sorry, not full-time, but fully as a full licensed practitioner is what I meant to say, um, as of January of 2020 of this year. Um, so, um, but before that, I guess she's been, Gabby, you've been with the clinic now for almost a year from the time you started as a student. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. And they're, it's a great clinic. And um, just to touch on kind of a little bit more about the clinic. So since it is a neurology clinic, we don't only focus on concussion clients. Um, there's a lot of epilepsy clients as well as headache management um, and really any other neurological um, issues as well. Um, so I've seen personally some headache clients as well. And then we, yeah, I think that pretty much covers our clinic. We also have a lot of cannabis care there as well, um, which is more of the medical side of things. So I don't, right. I can't really touch too much about that because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not, me and Jenny don't personally work in that, but we have some clients that are on cannabis as well. So oh, it's definitely yeah. integrated into the pro, into our clients. And uh, this concussion, I found you guys, on Instagram, where you found me, or we found each other, we found each other on Instagram. So <laughs> the concussion OTs. So how did that start up? Did you guys both just decide they're gonna, or is this an NCT sponsored concussion, concussion OTs page? So we've been talking about it for a while. Um, Gabby and I work really nicely together, and. Um, you know, we, we've been talking about having a place to, you know, share even more resources and tips and strategies and research. Um, and we, I guess we just sort of came together and um, made it happen over the last coming weeks. And um, we sort of thought, you know, being at home now we is a good time to yeah. do those things and um, take advantage of 
you know, a little bit of, of extra time on the weekends or um, whenever we get it by, you know, not being able to socialize maybe the way we normally would or, um, you know, get out of the house and do those things. So we thought it would be a really good time to take advantage of that idea that we had. Gabby, okay. I don't know if you would add anything yeah, I was just going to say basically exactly what you said. And it's been amazing so far at the start. Um, we have learned a lot from all the concussion community that we've been reaching out with. Um, and it's just been a really good community and network. So we're excited to learn more from everyone and to share any knowledge that we have. Well, before I give me all the content, how to find you guys online but uh first how are you guys doing with this all this uh lack of socialization as Janie mentioned and like has so we do you guys do anything use any of your own strategies to to cope with this whole this new situation that you find difficult definitely so it's it's been quite challenging um i think for me I've just been trying to socialize with friends as much as possible. Um, but I am grateful for the fact that I am not having any symptoms when I'm looking at a screen for a long time. Um, as opposed to, of course, like a bunch of our clients are having challenges with that. So one of the things that I've been telling my clients is, you know, you can FaceTime, but maybe shut your screen for a little or maybe focus on phone calls. Um, and take those rest yeah. breaks before you have that phone call or that Zoom meeting. Um, and if you need to step out for a little, that's okay. Um, so it's just like any other activity that you normally would be doing, but just try and implement those rest breaks. And I've been trying to do them myself now too. I've been trying, we tell our clients a lot, you know, try find something that's a true rest break. So that could be something like, uh, t deep breathing or meditating or listening to relaxing music. And now that I have this time on my hands, I've been trying to do those activities more than I did in the past. Um, and and uh, I, I find... think I see a tire in your background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, it's not my guitar actually, but my boyfriend has been playing guitar a lot more. And that's just like an example of something, you know, that is relaxing and you have the time to do now. I'm trying to you gonna learn? find some. Are you going to learn while you're home? And... I have I have tried to play guitar and I'm not very good at it and it gets yeah. me frustrated. So I'm trying to prevent like doing a... things that get me frustrated. I have been doing a lot of art and I've been focusing on the graphics of our Instagram account. So that's been taking up oh. a good amount of time and getting my creative outlet in a professional and functional good way. So yeah, not, not that's what I've been doing. But yeah, just trying to keep busy and also staying um, in shape. But Jenny can get a little bit more into that. <laughs> so I guess, uh, so I'm also a personal trainer. I'm an occupational therapist and a personal trainer. So I, um, I have two separate practices actually. So, um, but a lot of those skills are really helpful in, in both ends. So with my concussion patients, I can really help them a lot more with their exercise programming and, um, you know, knowing what heart rates to work at and, and building yeah. that up based on also what the concussion research is. And then with my personal training clients, I also have additional knowledge in ergonomics and proper workstation setup. Right, and, right, um, right. So for those personal training clients who are now like working from home, you know, making sure they're not leading to other injuries that way. And, um, but yeah, so so sorry. What was the question again? It was about uh, the how do you how do you how do you deal with this whole right. isolation? 
So I guess, yeah. So, so exercising for sure is one. I mean, trying to, you know, make a point to stay active normally. Um, what kind of I'm exercise just, do you do? How much exercise do I do? What, what, what kind do you do? Like or uh, just weights or yoga or Pilates or running? Yeah, or... So, so I do a lot of uh, strength training and cardio would be like the two types of things. So as a personal trainer, I, I train people through strength training um, and then I also just do cardio myself just for general health and wellness. Um, I've done yoga classes. I've done Pilates classes. I, I do like to mix it up. I've done boxing. I've, I've done rock climbing. I've done almost everything uh, you can think of from a physical activity perspective. And of course, not all of those things can be done right now. Um, you know, the rock climbing specifically, for example, but um, most of these other activities can be done at home virtually. So I'm definitely making a point to stay active, especially because normally in my day to day, I'm, you know, up and down a lot more, even just, you know, going to the clinic and back, there's some walking involved there and um, with patients and or with clients standing up and sitting down and, um, you know, being at home, you're not leaving as much. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm staying active and uh, I think even more than that, like also just getting outside. Um, yeah. So sometimes in the day, you know, I'll, even if I don't have maybe time or, or the opportunity to go for an actual walk and get fresh air, I'll just even, you know, open a door or open a window and just like breathe yeah. and feel that fresh air. Because I think it's yeah. so important to just even step out and um, have that feeling and connection to being outside. Yeah, no, I, I agree totally. The fresh air is just so important. Um and I guess now to finish off, how do you people concussion OTs or or uh, NCT? Which how do they find? Let's start off with concussion concussion OTs. How do they find mm -hmm. you guys, and where do they find you guys? Yeah, so you can find us either on our Instagram page, which is the dot concussion dot OTs spelled OTS. Um, so it's the word the concussion OTs with periods in the middle of those words. Um, so you can find us there. You can also contact the clinic directly. Um, I have an email address as well. You can reach me at, which is Jenny, J E N N I dot diamond D I A M O N D at neurology center, Toronto.com. And that's center spelled C E N T R E. Um, for anyone who's maybe in America versus American, Canada. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and then you can always just contact our, our clinic directly um, with either a phone call or the admin email. So um, the admin email, I believe it's just admin at neurologycentertoronto.com. Um, yeah, so that's that's the admin one. And then uh, you can always just give us a phone call too. And that's 416-860-7554. That's to the center or the, or the OT department? That's for the center, and then from That's there, it. they can direct you to the oh, OT okay. department, or if you don't just need OT, if you need physiotherapy or psychotherapy or just a general neurology appointment as well, um, that phone number will, will take you to any of those. Great. Thanks. And, uh, and Gabby, how do they find you, or is there any more of the, are you online that you'd like to share, the, or just concussion of teas? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's just... Uh, how Jenny explained it. Um, you can reach us through the concussion OTs. You can send us a direct message, comment on our pictures, or give us a follow. It would be great. Um, and then through the clinic as well. Great. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for being on this 
on my podcast. So I saw you guys and I thought, if my, my cousin actually, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Um, <laughs> if, she, if she's listening in Nova Scotia, um, she's also in OT. But um, it's just, I saw you guys and I thought it'd be great to reach out and find, see if you guys want to talk. And you guys are obviously excited to talk because you're concussion. So it was uh, a great chat. And uh, is there anything else to add before, you, before we sign off at all? Just, you know, take care of yourselves. It's a challenging time. I think, you know, just generally words of wisdom, words of wisdom, concussion or not, is, you know, don't don't be too hard on yourselves, especially during this time right now with the um, COVID-19 pandemic. I think there's um, a, a, even a lot of my patients, you know, our goals are now just to um, make sure things don't go backwards and just, you know, at least remain like status quo and, and not worry too much about progressing and, and achieving these big goals because a lot of them do have these added stressors and, yeah. um, you know, really just prioritizing self-care, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, great. Uh, so thank you, Gabby and Jenny, Jenny and Gabby, and uh, also your two students listening. We got uh, Sydney and Gabriella, or Gabriella, yeah. Gabriella. Gabriella and Gabriella. Yeah, yeah, we have okay. two students helping yeah. us out right now who've been amazing. So, Well, thank you all. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nick. It was such a pleasure to meet you and Thanks. allow us to share our thoughts. Thank you. So thank you again. Thanks, Nick. Thanks. You can find the Neurology Center of Toronto, including Jenny and Gabby, on the website or on Facebook, or you can visit the dot concussion dot OTs and find Jenny and Gabby there. Also, you can please visit my website at www.concussiontalk.com and you can find me on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Concussion Talk. Thank you so much and thank you all for listening. I hope you listen again soon. As always, music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound www.bensound.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.